Welcome to the History of North America. I'm Mark Vinette. Champlain left the world a prolific body of writings that provide an invaluable window into the challenging, yet fascinating, early period of a fledgling New France. Let's conclude our deep survey of Samuel de Champlain's epic life and times. Champlain's Writings and Character There are some things that speak for themselves. In attempting to understand Champlain's character, we are first met by the fact that he pursued unflinchingly his appointed task. For thirty-two years he persevered, amid every kind of hardship, danger, and discouragement, in the effort to build up New France. He had personal ambitions as an explorer, which were kept in strict subordination to his duty to the king. He possessed concentration of aim without fanaticism. His signal unselfishness was adorned by patience, inspired by large ideals he did not scorn imperfect means. Thus there are certain large aspects of Champlain's character that stand forth in the highlight of deed, and do not depend for their effect either upon his own words or those of others. When once we have paid tribute to the fine, positive qualities which are implied by his accomplishment, we must hasten to recognize the extraordinary value of his writings as an index to his mind and soul. His narrative is not an epic of disaster. It is a plain and even statement of great dangers calmly met and treated as a matter of course. Largely, it is a record of achievement. At points where it is a record of failure, Champlain accepts the inevitable gracefully and conforms his emotions to the will of God. The voyages reveal a strong man, well foursquared to the blows of fortune. They also illustrate the virtue of muscular Christianity. It is a delight to read the unvarnished story of Champlain. In saying that the adjective is ever the enemy of the noun, Voltaire could not have leveled the shaft at him, for few writers have been more sparing in their use of adjectives or other glowing words. His love of the sea and of the forest was profound, but he is never emotional in his expressions. Yet with all his soberness and steadiness, he possessed imagination. In its strength and depth, his enthusiasm for colonization proves this, but as a man of action rather than of letters, he instinctively omits verbiage. In some respects we suffer from Champlain's directness of mind, for on much that he saw he could have lingered with profit. But very special inducements are needed to draw him from his plain tale into a digression. Such inducements occur at times when he is writing of the Indians, for he recognized that Europe was eager to hear in full detail of their traits and customs. Thus set passages of description, inserted with a sparing hand, seem to him a proper element of the text. But anything like conscious embellishment of the narrative he avoids, probably more through mere naturalness than conscious self-repression. From Marco Polo to Scott's Journal, the literature of geographical discovery abounds with classics, and standards of comparison suggest themselves in abundance to the critic of Champlain's voyages. Most naturally, of course, one turns to the records of American exploration in the 16th and 17th centuries. No age can show a more wonderful galaxy of pioneers than that which extends from Columbus to La Salle, and among the great explorers of this era, Champlain takes his place by virtue alike of his deeds and writings. In fact, he belongs to the small and distinguished class of those who have recorded their own discoveries in a suitable and authentic narrative, for in few cases have geographical results of equal moment been described by the discoverer himself, and had a like opportunity of considering the colonial problems which were thrust upon the French in the reign of Henry IV. The popular estimate of French character dwells overmuch upon the levity or gaiety which undoubtedly marks the Gallic race. France could not have accomplished her great work for the world without stability of purpose and seriousness of mood. Nowhere in French biography are these qualities more plainly illustrated than by the acts of Champlain. 
The doggedness with which he clung to his patriotic and unselfish task is the most conspicuous fact in his life. Coupled therewith is his fortitude, both physical and moral. But Champlain enlisted as a volunteer for a campaign which was to go on unceasingly till his last day. How incessant were its dangers can be made out in full detail from the text of The Voyages. We may omit the perils of the North Atlantic, though what they were can be seen from Champlain's description of his outward voyage in the spring of 1611. The remaining dangers will suffice. Scurvy, which often claimed a death roll of from 40 to 80 percent in a single winter. Famine, such as that which followed the failure of ships from home to arrive at the opening of navigation. The storms which drove the frail shallop on the rocks and shoals of Norumbega. The risk of mutiny. The chances of war, whether against the Indians or the English. The rapids of the wilderness as they threatened the overloaded canoe on its swift descent. The possible treachery of Indian guides. Such is a partial catalogue of the death-snares which surrounded the pathway of an explorer like Champlain. Every one of these dangers is brought before us by his own narrative in a manner which does credit to his modesty no less than to his fortitude. Without embellishment or self-glorification, he recites in a few lines hair-breadth escapes which a writer of less steadfast soul would have amplified into a thrilling tale of heroism. Nonetheless, to the discriminating reader, Champlain's voyages are an odyssey. Bound up with habitual fortitude is the motive from which it springs. In Champlain's case, patriotism and piety were the groundwork of a conspicuous and long-tested courage. The patriotism which exacted such sacrifices was not one which sought to define itself even in the form of a justifiable digression from the recital of events. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-218-6010. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-218-6010. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-218-6010. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. But we may be sure that Champlain, at the time he left Port Royal, had made up his mind that the Spaniards, the English, and the Dutch were not to parcel out the seaboard of North America to the exclusion of the French. As for the religious basis of his fortitude, his narrative abounds throughout with simple and natural expressions of piety, not the less impressive because they are free from trace of a theological intolerance which envenomed French life in his age. And not only did Champlain's trust in the Lord fortify his soul against fear, but religion imposed upon him a degree of self-restraint which was not common among explorers of the 17th century. It is far from fanciful to see in this one of the chief causes of his hold upon the Indians. To them he was more than a useful ally in wartime. They respected his sense of honor, and long after his death remembered the temperance which marked his conduct when he lived in their villages. As a writer, Champlain enjoyed the advantage of possessing a fresh, unhackneyed subject. The only exception to this statement is furnished by his early book on the West Indies and Mexico, where he was going over ground already trodden by the Spaniards. His other writings relate to a sphere of exploration and settlement which he made his own, and of which he well merited to be the chronicler.
Running through the voyages is the double interest of discovery and colonization, constantly blending and reacting upon each other, but still remaining matters of separate concern. It is obvious that in the mind of the narrator, discovery is always the more engaging theme. Champlain is indeed the historian of St. Croix, Port Royal, and Quebec, but only incidentally or from chance. By temper he was the explorer, that is, the man of action, willing to record the broad results of life in a small, rough settlement. There is one side of Champlain's activity as a colonizer which we must lament that he has not described, namely his efforts to interest the nobles and prelates of the French court in the upbuilding of Canada. A diary of his life at Paris and Fontainebleau would be among the choicest documents of the early colonial era, but Champlain was too blunt and loyal to set down the story of his relations with the great, and for this portion of his life we must rely upon letters, reports, and memoranda, which are so formal as to lack the atmosphere of that painful but valiant experience. Excluding the brief notices of life at St. Croix, Port Royal, and Quebec, Champlain's voyages present a story of discovery by sea and discovery by land. In other words, the four years of Acadian adventure relates to discoveries made along the seaboard, while the remaining narratives, including 1604, relate to the basin of the St. Lawrence. Mariner though he was by early training, Champlain achieved his chief success as an explorer by land in the region of the Great Lakes. Bad fortune prevented him from pursuing his course past Martha's Vineyard to the mouth of the Hudson and Chesapeake Bay. It was no small achievement to accomplish what he did on the coast of Norumbega, but his most distinctive discoveries were those which he made in the wilderness, leading up to his fine experience of 1615 and 16 among the Hurons. To single out Champlain's chief literary triumph, it was he who introduced the Algonquin, the Huron, and the Iroquois to the delighted attention of France. Ever since the days of Cartier, the French had known that Indians inhabited the banks of the St. Lawrence. But Champlain is the pioneer in that great body of literature on the North American Indian, which thenceforth continued without interruption in France. Above all other subjects, the Indians are Champlain's chief theme. To some extent, the account of Indian life which is given suffers by comparison with the relations of the Jesuits. The fathers, by reason of their long residence among the Indians, undoubtedly came to possess a more intimate knowledge of their character and customs than it was possible for Champlain to acquire during the time he spent among them. On the other hand, the Jesuits were so preoccupied with the progress of the mission that they tended to view the life of the Indians too exclusively from one angle. Furthermore, the volume of their description is so great as to overwhelm all readers who are not specially interested in the mission or the details of Indian custom. Champlain wrote with sufficient knowledge to bring out salient traits in high relief, while his descriptive passages are sufficiently terse to come within the range of those who are not specialists. When we remember the perpetual interest which, for more than 300 years, Europe has felt in the North American Indian, the voyages of Champlain are seen in their true perspective. For he, with fresh eyes, saw the Indians in his wigwam, at his council, and on the warpath, watched his stoic courage under torture, and his inhuman cruelty in the hour of vengeance. Tales of the wilderness, the canoe, the portage, and the ambush have never ceased to fascinate the imagination of Europe. Champlain's narrative may be plain and unadorned, but with such groundwork, the imagination of every reader could supply details at will. In all essential respects, Champlain seems to have been a good observer and an accurate chronicler. It is true that his writings are not free from error involving facts of distance, altitude, and chronology, but such slips as have crept into his text do not constitute a serious blemish or tend to impugn the good faith of his statements on matters where there is no other source of information. Everything considered, his substantial accuracy is much more striking than his partial inaccuracy. 
In fact, no one of his high character and disinterested zeal could write with any other purpose than to describe truly what he had seen and done. The seal of probity is set upon Champlain's writings no less than upon the record of his dealings with his employers and the king. Unselfish as to money or fame, he sought to create new France. In national progress, much depends on the auspices under which the nation was founded, Thus Canada has had from the outset of the present stage in her development a great possession in the self-sacrifice. For Canada, Champlain is a heroic explorer of the 17th century and the founder of Quebec, and it is a rich part of our heritage that he founded New France in the spirit of unselfishness, of loyalty, and of faith. Check out the YouTube version of this episode, which has accompanying images. I'm Mark Vinette, and I hope you're enjoying the ride. Doctors endorse it, nutritionists recommend it, and customers love it. Calotrin Healthy Weight Loss Ron in Texas lost 35 pounds. Marie in Pennsylvania lost 117 pounds with Calotrin. Diane not only lost weight, but she also found relief from arthritis. Lynn lost over 45 pounds. Calotrin contains collagen, the most abundant protein naturally occurring in the human body which decreases as we age. Taking Calatrin promotes better sleep, more energy, less joint pain, and best of all, weight loss. Calatrin has an amazing 86% success rate with their 90-day supply. And this week, take advantage of their President's Day sale. Buy the 90-day supply and get an extra month free plus free shipping. Ordering is so easy. Just text the word HISTORY to the code 30605 and we'll send you a link to this special offer. Again, text history that's H I S T O R Y using the code 30605. <laughs> 